Friends, it is good to be back after a week off. And boy, oh boy, what a week it was. Pro-Palestine and pro-Hamas riots grew to huge numbers all over the world. In fact, the gates outside of the White House were vandalized, but alas, no calls to condemn the insurrection. And a CBC building in Montreal was also vandalized, but alas, no War Measures Act. You know, it's almost as if legacy media and our elected officials are more concerned with narrative crafting than the truth. Huh, who'd have thunk it? Last week also saw the celebration of Reformation Day, a day where Protestants remember that despite the corruption and tyranny of governing institutions with tremendous power, the light of the gospel can shine through the darkness and principled men and women can, by God's grace, renovate entire cultures and countries. But the most important event last week was the birth of my twins, well-loved and welcomed members of our family. And praise God for his mercy. My quiver is officially full of arrows. I hope to fire into the heart of darkness to advance God's kingdom here on the earth. Maybe it's the perpetual madness of our country and its establishments of power. Or maybe it's the warmth I feel about a certain German monk, French scholar, and Scottish preacher. But when I see my new babies and their entire lives in front of them, I think to myself, the Lord has trained my hands for battle. And until he takes away the breath that he has lent me for my time here, I will fight to build his church and storm the gates of hell. And I'll train my children to join me. Friends, I hope you'll join me too. It's November 7th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture. I share Andrew's sentiments when I say it is good to be back, and we're so pleased that you have joined us once again on the program. As always, our shows are produced in partnership between Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to declare and establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand therefore. And Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. And we would ask that you would go over and check both those resources out. All our shows can be found at the Fight Laugh Feast Network. That's flfnetwork.com. Go over there, download their sweet new Pub TV app. You're not going to want to miss all the content that they have going on there because there's so many wonderful shows. All the content from the conference that just recently uh, passed is up as well. So there's so much that you can uh, glean from by going over there, subscribing to the FLF network. We would really appreciate you doing that. Also, all our stuff, LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. That's LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Go over there. Check it out. And while you're over there, please sign up for the email address. That's That way we can stay 
in direct content with you, contact with you with B- Bill C11, Bill C18, Bill C36. All these bills are going to make it harder for independent media like us to get a hold of you, our dear listeners and viewers. So we want to make sure that we're already prepared before any of that stuff happens, that you can get us directly in your email box. So be sure to do that if you have yet to do that. And also we would ask that you would prayerfully consider leaving a donation to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. You can scan that helpful QR code at the bottom of the page. And while you're over there, click on the analysis show box and you can leave a tax refundable donation over there. It helps us continue to produce the programs that I've heard from so many of you that you do value. You do appreciate our perspective and you can even leave that donation in anonymous Bitcoin, thanks to our friends at Bolt Bitcoin. So we would encourage you to do that. We are coming on, uh, on to end of the year here as we approach, uh, as we're into November, already uh, flying through. We're past the, <laughs> the first week here, and uh, we're looking forward to end of year, and that will help us prepare and plan for the new year if you would be so generous to leave us a donation over there. So libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate andrew good to be back man good good to see you congratulations on the new babes uh a guy and a girl you guys really were blessed by the lord uh to to get two wonderful um children and they're beautiful and healthy and i'm i'm so very excited for you and your lovely wife it it is definitely good to be back and things are going well at home and they are they, they look like a cute old man and an old woman, which is great. <laughs> and they smell great. I just yeah. if it's it's been seven years since we've had newborns and you forget that that mm-hmm. it's such a wonderful. So I just I just just hold them and kiss them and smell them. And I'm, I'm just weird. I'm just weird. And no, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll embrace it. That's normal. That's good. You know, that's, that's the dad way. Yeah, that's the dad way. Absolutely. So for man. our. Uh, for a mailbag question, there are a couple conferences have happened recently. So there was the King and His Kingdom conference. Uh, there was also the Glory and Creation conference that happened mm-hmm. in Mississauga. And mm-hmm. then the Spark conference in South Carolina. And so the mailbag question is, if you are a, a member of our audience, if you listen to the show, you watch the show, and you attended one of these three conferences, we would love to hear from you your thoughts, kind of your high level, you know, what was the highlight of the conference, most memorable whether it was particular session or thing or, or circumstance. Also, if you have any really good pictures from the conferences, send them to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. We would love to hear about your perspective on these conferences, what went well, what your favorite parts were. You know, if any of you were smart enough to snag up your with Matt at the LCC booth <laughs> and make sure you send us that. So we can have that on file as well. So it's mailbag. Definitely did a couple of Canada.com. We want to draw something to your attention. As the new year approaches, it also means that we're approaching a new Biblical Sexuality Sunday. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Biblical Sexuality Sunday, uh, about two years ago, the federal government passed Bill C-4, which essentially outlaws helping people embrace a God-ordained sexuality and abandoning a worldly evil sexuality and sexual immorality. So Bill C-4 makes it illegal to say to a man 
who is struggling with attraction to another person of the same gender. No, you, you need to, you need to, you need to abandon that. That's, that's sinful. That's an evil desire. And what you need to do is you need to embrace and pursue God's desire for you and trust that if we seek him, he can change our heart and renovate us from the inside out. That's illegal now in Canada. That can get you up to five years in prison and uh, a, a fairly hefty fine. And so what we decided to do in response to that was we said, well, fine. Um, you, you've told the church when it can open, when it can close. You're out of you're out of bounds there, federal government. You've told businesses when they can open and they can close. That's also out of bounds. And now you're telling the church what they can and can't preach and how they can and can't tell people to indeed turn to Christ, to be converted to new life. So what we're going to do now is we're going to preach sermons, ex highlighting, extolling God's good and gracious design for marriage and sexuality. And so we did this the first year, I believe it was January the 16th, was that Sunday after Bill C-4 became law in Canada. We did it last year, and our plan is to do it every year, to commit ourselves every year to preaching a message on a biblical sexual ethic on the anniversary of Bill C-4 becoming a law. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One is because we want to continue to tell the state that they are out of bounds. Yes, the church and Christians have a role in discipling the state and in telling them, this is right, this is wrong, you are acting contra God's law. And so we do that from behind the pulpit. The other reason we do it is because we believe that God's word is powerful and those who are in the midst of all kinds of sexual sins can find hope and new life in Christ and be transformed from the inside out and embrace joyfully God's good design for their sexuality. So this year, Biblical Sexuality Sunday is on January the 14th. That's Sunday, January 14th, 2024. I hope that you will join us. If you are a pastor, you're a preacher at your church, I hope that you will set aside that date and join what we hope to be thousands of other faithful men around the world, right? So when we first did this, we had some really good buy-in from brothers in the States. But since we've also found that we've had friends from Germany, Pastor Tobias Riebenschneider has joined us, um, pastors in other parts of Europe, in Australia, it, this, this now we have brothers around the world standing in solidarity with a with an antichrist state saying that it can determine what only God determines. And so I hope you will join us on Sunday, January the 14th. You can go to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash biblical dash sexuality dash Sunday. Or when you go to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com, just click on initiatives and go down to biblical sexuality Sunday. There's more information there. We also have a little form on the right side. Don't fill that out now. That's to be filled out after the fact. If you're a pastor and you preach on a biblical sexual ethic, then you can fill out that form. You can put the link to your sermon, your church website. This isn't something we publish. This is something we keep private. And if anyone's wondering about our website, the people who run our website run their own servers, which means it's not like Apple or Amazon have this stuff. Everything that comes in through the online form on our website is totally secure. And I can speak on behalf of our webmasters. They will not be handing over any of our information to the federal government. So you're good in that regard. Please join us. If you do have questions, if you do want to join, then mail, email me, churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com, and I can send you promotional in materials, 
graphics for advertising for sermons. And I'm actually going to be chatting with a friend a little bit later today in the hopes of putting out a really, really good promotional video and advertising video for Biblical Sexuality Sunday. So we're only two months away, if you can believe it, Matt. We're two months away from Biblical Sexuality Sunday 2024. So we need to get that word out now because I know a lot of pastors and preachers plan their schedule months in advance. And so we want to say to them, please set aside this one day so that faithful men around the world can join in proclaiming God's word and God's good design for marriage and sexuality. Friends, just when you thought that COVID nonsense was behind us, the mainstream media is back at it with a new COVID scare tactic. Some schools and hospitals have already brought back discredited mask mandates, and who knows what other mandates might be introduced. We'll be covering something later in the show. A bill that was shut down in Parliament, which should be concerning for anyone who thinks that the COVID era is fully gone. In turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you can trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns and know how to put their clients first. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email Rocklink, info at rocklink.com. That's link with a C. So Matt and I wanted to take an episode today and we want to, wanted to update everyone with what's going on in our country legislatively mm -hmm. and in parliament. So we're going to look at some unbelievable instances in parliament, some evil legislation, crushing policies and other all round nonsense from our incompetent leaders. That's our plan for today. I figured it'd be a fun way to come back after a week off. <laughs> Just look at, look at the dumpster fire that is Canadian politics. Look at our evil, godless, incompetent, negligent leaders who are slowly pushing us into disaster and economic collapse. What a great way to come back after a week off. I mean, I feel I feel pretty invulnerable. Those two little babies, it's, it's going to take a lot to bring me down right now. I feel mm -hmm. I feel pretty good and I'm on cloud nine. So this this first story here is a little bit bananas. And I I'd find it hard to believe if my newly minted tinfoil gown wasn't hanging securely in my closet. Matt, do we have a video of that guy? I just want to show people uh, a video of this newly minted tinfoil gown that I have that really prepares me for all the conspiracy theories that turn out to be true. Look at that, everyone. Isn't that lovely? Oh, and look, there's the jewel-encrusted tinfoil crown. Look at that beautiful tinfoil gown. I put that on to remind myself that all the conspiracy theories are true and everything that we said would happen would actually happen. <laughs> Look at that. I love that. It's, I have it's it's perfect. I mean, I have isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Wonderful. The new my newly minted tinfoil gown. Anyways, Bill C-278 had its first reading in Parliament on June 2nd, 2022. So over a year ago, it is an act to prevent the imposition by the federal government of vaccination mandates for employment and travel. This seems entirely reasonable Considering we know now, beyond any evidence to the contrary, that the jabs do not prevent transmission, period. So this seems like a totally reasonable bill. This bill, to the surprise of no one, so long as they understand what's really going on, was defeated 
at its second reading in the House of Commons on October 25th, 2023, just a couple weeks ago. Now, this comes to us from the counter signal, quote, a conservative bill, C-278, intended to end COVID vaccine mandates from being imposed again on Canadians lost in the House of Commons on Wednesday by a margin of 205 to 114, not even close. Every member of parliament from the Liberal Party, NDP, and Bloc Québécois voted against the bill, except for one NDP member who's not an absolute insane monster, Gord Johns. While debating, by the way, the insane monster, that's not the counter signal. That's me. I'm adding some editorial. I don't want people to reach out to the counter signal for, for, for slanderous language. So that's, that's me. Continuing, while debating the bill on Tuesday, the Conservative Party of Canada leader Pierre Polyev accused Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of invoking the COVID vaccine passport for the sake of his political gain while ignoring his own health experts. To which I reply to Mr. Polyev, the devil in the blue dress, you were also silent on all of this because you didn't think it was politically advantageous because like the prime minister, you flip-flop depending on what your own polls reveal. So everyone mm-hmm. is here to blame. I'm not, you, there's no way that we, and this is why it's, it's, it's madness. And this mm-hmm. is why I've said before, Canadian politics is a theatrical presentation. It's actually fitting we showed that video because it is like <laughs> professional wrestling w- where yeah. you have good guys and bad guys, but backstage yeah. they all enjoy a beer. Or in the case of Polly Evan Trudeau, they all enjoy some sort of soy-based peppermint mocha. That's what they enjoy <laughs> when they're not out in front of us fighting or if you've seen that video of Trudeau recently running in a very awkward manner. I mean, I don't mm. know what's wrong with like just a really uncomfortable video of him walking. But I, I just, uh, all that aside, it's good to yeah. be back. Isn't it good to yeah. be back? Okay, it is so good to be back. All this is, it's all been pent up in the last week. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been changing diapers and I'm sleepless and it's all coming out now. So this is going to well, be a wild episode. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's quickly, a I good... just want to say before we go on, I, this, this Polyev Trudeau thing, um, they're going to say, look, Polyev is standing up for the people. He did nothing when you were losing your job before, mm-hmm. and he has not repented of that. So if you are thinking of voting for him and for anyone from the Conservative Party, when you were losing your job, when you were told you couldn't travel, when you were kicked out of school, when your family set you apart as a pariah, when you couldn't go to the gym, when you couldn't go to a restaurant, understand your savior in blue did nothing. And you know why mm-hmm. he did nothing? Because at that time... He believed that most Canadians were on board with persecuting the unvaccinated, which they were. And mm-hmm. because he saw that as something that he would lose if he opposed it, yeah. he was in favor of it until the convoy. And then he realized the tides were turning. So yeah. that whole everyone is to blame. Everyone yeah. in that in that parliament is to blame for the fact that this thing was shut down. It doesn't matter that he's positioned himself as a good guy. Okay, and, I'm done. Sorry. And that's no, it's a good point because that's why we're always calling for principled politics rather than petty partisan political games. And that seems to be where Polyev uh, shines the most is when he's standing in uh, the House of Commons during question period and snarkily asking questions. But frankly, that does not make a man's worldview. A, a man's worldview is not tested by the amount of clicks that he gets on the internet. It's it's actually uh, the, the metal of someone is tested in hard times. And we've seen mm-hmm. over and over again that even Polyev is 
he's a weather vane, right? He's sticking his finger in the air to see which way the wind's blowing so then he can uh, appropriately try and uh, utilize that wind shift to his political benefit. But no, uh, Steve Dace, when he was on with Mike, uh, he said no politician can rise above their worldview. And that is the case with everybody in Canada. And frankly, the conservative party went along and basically helped create a uniparty during COVID. So, you know, even bills like this, though it's actually absolutely needed, right? We're long out of the COVID pandemic. It's absurd that our government can't recognize that they can't bring themselves to recognize that. Um, But the fact of the matter is the conservatives went along with this all the time. So in ending this draconian lockdowns and, you know, getting rid of um, the potential for more mandates, they have to recognize that they failed mm-hmm. w- in helping implement those in the first place. So that's the reality. Yeah, Anyways, you can't, you can't, you can't feed the sumo wrestler. Yeah. Buckets and buckets of cake. And then, <laughs> bemoan the fact that he's grown so large that you can't push him around anymore. Exactly. Like you, you made this thing. It, you were complicit in this thing. And now you're going to try to tell us that you're going to save us from this thing. You are yeah. this thing. Yes, they're all, yes. they're all the same. Exactly. Exactly. And in less of like real heartfelt repentance of contrition yes, is sought, like you're talking gladly about. Accept. Yeah. yeah gladly then, accept. Then we can't take them at their word. Uh, it's just expedience. So jab mandates on the table, Canadians. Jab yeah. mandates for travel and federal workers. And you might be thinking, oh, COVID's done. Sure. But what about the next quote unquote pandemic? Yeah, just leaving X the door pandemic, open, leaving the door or open. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, while while obviously our feds left the door open for more uh, medical tyranny, uh, they are also looking to turn all Canadians into wards of the state as well. Uh, totally dependent on state handouts. Obviously, that's what a ward would be securing their totalitarian rule over the people. And this comes to us from the Toronto Star. And it's amazing that they don't hide it. Uh, You know you should be concerned about it when they're just saying the quiet part out loud. This is uh, from the Star. The Senate's National Finance Committee began looking into Senator Kim Pate's proposal for a national framework for a universal basic income, that's the UBI program, on October 17. Since as far back as the 1970s, Canada has flirted with the idea of a basic income program. The push for a basic income program gained more momentum during and after the COVID-19 pandemic as the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, CERB, which paid out $2,000 a month to millions of Canadians, raised the possibility of a permanent income program in other words andrew uh, could we imagine that covid era policies were a pretext for future measures you know what mahal i i think you know what i think i should probably go put my tinfoil gown on again can we take another look at that positively oh, gorgeous piece stunning. of clothing Beautiful. Just one more time yeah let's look at it again just uh Glorious. You know, Matt, when, whenever I put that tinfoil gown on, I just remember all the times I was called an anti-government, anti-science conspiracy theorist. 
And then I just laugh. I laugh. Isn't that great? Oh, look at that. Looks COVID now the pretext for a UBI. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, yeah, us. We did. <laughs> exactly. We, we thunk it. I, absolutely, man. Uh, anyways, the article continues. The Senate bill proposes a guaranteed livable basic income. So there's LBI and UBI kind of using them in interchangeably for anyone in Canada over the age of 17. Wow. Including temporary workers. Not even citizens of Canada and permanent residents and refugee claimants. So there we go. It's uh, welfare from cradle to grave for everybody who comes into Canada regardless. So that's the current state of <laughs> affairs. Uh, continuing on, the proposed basic income framework wouldn't replace or decrease existing health or disability benefits it would be added on top in april 2021 the uh, parliamentary budgetary officer yves Giroux estimated a guaranteed basic income program that provided nearly seventeen thousand dollars per year for low-income households would cut poverty rates in half but would cost the federal government get this 85 billion dollars stop it says the federal government the federal government doesn't have money they take the money through confiscatory taxation it's us that are paying for the 85 billion dollars and all the moral hazards that will be a part of this is crazy i just i just i just need to talk about that 85 billion because i just realized something that's only 15 billion away from the amount of money that Dr. Evil threatened the world with. That's like that. We are. So think about it. We are in evil super villain territory here. Right. So it's not going to cost us $1 million. It's going to $85 billion. Like we're mm. the federal government has become Dr. Evil. Yeah. It, the federal government has become the, the world super villain holding Canada hostage in this case, turning Canada into slaves, low-income low slaves. That's what they're Dude, about to do to us. One, one more line for this article, and this is absolutely just laughable. It, but it says, if CERB or any other basic income pilot programs have taught us anything, it's that Canada has, has the administrative capacity, quote-unquote, to deliver a basic income program. Despite the fact that CERB was so mismanaged that Canadians got it who were not actually eligible for the program, then were bemoaning the fact that they actually had to pay it back. They were all over the place. It was a horrible thing. It, it's, it's led to, it's played a part in record inflation that we're seeing. And Andrew, all these pilot programs that have been done for universal basic income in places like Dauphin, Manitoba, in some parts of, of Ontario as well, they've all been a major failure and mm -hmm. actually have ended before they were supposed to. So that is so far beyond the truth. It is ridiculous. And the fact of the matter is this is going to create a negative uh, 
you're going to subsidize in unemployment this way by giving people so you're going to have less production um more people on the dole um and this is just more ways for the government to use the carrot to beat back people and their freedoms right because this is just another measure for the the government to make everybody in canada a ward of the state and then to buy people's votes when it comes to election time oh we'll increase the basic income if you keep us elected all those sorts of things it's so gross it's so dangerous and it's so insane but par for the course for our federal government obviously and what it what it does is it essentially crushes ingenuity and an entrepreneurial spirit oh, for sure and and here's why some might think well why would you want to do that like what would be the reason for mm. forcing people to be dependent and not allowing them to take risks and be responsible and be entrepreneurial now, the easy answer is, well, because by doing so, you secure votes, which is true to a certain degree. I think that's the reason why in the United States, the Democrats have been able to secure 85, 90 percent of the black vote for years now because of the New Deal and because of subsidizing single motherhood, specifically in the inner city. So that's one reason. But there's actually I think there's another reason why people who take risks, people who start businesses, people who are entrepreneurially minded, people who are responsible mm -hmm. will not vote for the socialists yeah. because they see their hard-earned money taken away from them to subsidize those who don't want to. Mm -hmm. And they're not the sort of people that support communistic policies. Yeah. Yeah. They're responsible people who work hard. They tend to vote a certain way more conservatively. So mm -hmm. if you crush that spirit, you essentially – so not only do you do you secure a voting base, mm -hmm. but you actually eliminate a whole category of people who would otherwise vote a certain way out of principle because of hard work. Mm -hmm. So it, it really does affect the universal basic income. I mean, it's not just a financial effect. <laughs> this is a this is a psychological effect oh, on the population absolutely. as well. That's, that's massive. So this is a, a final story on legislative issues that we want to look at is regarding the liberals' plan to ban assault-style weapons, which, by the way, is a nonsensical category. I tried to look up in, in preparation for this episode a, a definition of assault-style weapon from the Canadian government. I couldn't find one. It's a vague kind of semi-automatic handguns and semi-automatic pistols with magazines that can be detachable and shotguns with magazines. But it's, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Technically, to my understanding, every firearm can be used for assault. Ask can a knife <laughs> and a lead pipe. These are all these can all be assault style weapons. They can also be tools for fixing and hunting. But but again, just throw it a scary term, military grade weapons, assault style weapons. So they're going hard with it. This is from globalist news. You might know them as global news, but they're globalist news. That's that's what I we like to call them here. Quote, the liberal government is moving ahead with efforts to keep assault style firearms out of the hands of Canadians. Public Safety Minister Dominic LeBlanc said Monday. LeBlanc, who assumed the portfolio over the summer, told the Senate committee the government will enact regulations to complement gun control legislation being studied by members of the upper chamber. 
The government bill includes a ban on assault-style firearms that would apply once the legislation comes into force. LeBlanc said planned regulatory changes will ensure a mandatory physical inspection by the RCMP of all new firearm models before they enter the Canadian market. LeBlanc reaffirmed federal plans to reestablish the Canadian Firearms Advisory Committee to independently review the classification of existing models that fall under the prospective new definition of a prohibited firearm in the bill. So more bureaucracy, more tax consumers, and more wasted money at our expense. Quote, so the article continues. He said the exercise would identify guns legitimately used for hunting, which would be excluded from the ban, which, by the way, any of the people behind this legislation don't know anything about firearms. And they are no they have no grounds for determining which are and are not appropriate for hunting. And on top of that, we've already seen that several indigenous communities have said, well, when I'm hunting up north, I need a handgun with me. What if a bear shows up? What if there's some other threat? So the obviously these elected officials don't know what they're talking about. The article concludes, or the concluding line here, LeBlanc said the government would also implement a long-planned buyback of some 1,500 firearm models and variants banned through order in council in May 2020. So they're they're going hard. They're they're coming for your freedom. They mm-hmm. want to come for here. Here's some more jab mandates. Oh, look at that. We're going to make you slaves and we're going to take your guns. Does this sound like, let's just think about this for it. Let's, let's put all this together. Here you have the federal government that's saying at the same time, we're going to take away weapons from you that legitimately, that have legitimate purposes, um, that, 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 that are crime deterrents. We're going to take those weapons away from you. We're also going to crush your spirit, making you weak and dependent mm-hmm. by turning you into essentially low-paid slaves. Yeah. And in case you don't comply with our mandates, we're also going to punish you for it. Does this not sound like the, the three-part recipe of a federal government that is, is positioning itself to function as tyrants? And mm-hmm. demand you obey them and give you no opportunity to either defend yourself or the ability to work hard to provide for yourself. That's exactly what this sounds like when you put these pieces of legislation together. Yeah. It is alarming. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, we we're not speaking hyperbolically when we're saying our Canadian government is descending into communism, like full blown communism right socialism communism they're the same thing people try and make a distinction where there's no difference socialism is the intermediate step towards a communistic utopia but like social a socialistic state is the means by which you bring in a communistic utopia according to marx's view of economics so well well Sadly, in our culture, people have said, oh, no, 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 they're not communists. They're just socialists, as though that wasn't the end goal. I mean, we're seeing it. Again, the quiet part is being said out loud in our country. Um, and we're, we're pushing further and further and further down the road to have a docile, weak population that is controlled by our government as wards of the state that 
again, they use this carrot and stick uh, model that we've talked about so many times in the program to buy you off with a carrot and then beat you back with the stick. And apparently Canadians are so foolish as not to see through that and so weak and scared that they're not willing to stand up for their own rights. It's it's pretty despicable, but that is the state of Canada in uh, Well, Matt, they, they just they just all sent us $250 in yes. climate rebate for for now charging us $1000 more a month on gas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thanks yeah. guys. Yeah, thanks. Great. But if you Wonderful. if you're one of those guys who b- bike it in the snow in Manitoba through winter, you, you know, you could make a good bank off that for sure. Yep. So this is actually it's good that that we lead into what's next, because thinking about this makes us realize the importance of responsibility, the importance of taking control of our own finances and, and the importance of building parallel parallel institutions and parallel economies. Right. Friends, now is not the time to sit idly by and hope that our power driven systems resolve themselves. They will not. Not after over three years of heartache, loss, and despair. Our families deserve better. Our communities deserve better. Our nation deserves better. We don't and cannot expect the government to fix our financial future. They're just going to wreck it. We have to create our own economy. Barter It is a community of people who are passionate about shopping local, freedom of choice, and free speech, while creating new pathways for a true parallel economy. Head to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and click on barter it for individuals. Make sure you sign up as a VIP before the official launch and get a lifetime subscription, free premium listings, and 1,000 bits to spend in the system. This is $1,500 worth of value for $197. libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. Head there, sign up today. You will not regret it. Well, Andrew, as you said, our last story just flows so nicely, not only into the ad read, but into our next story as well. So let's continue to look at the decisions that have been made by our elected uh, officials. But instead of legislation, we want to examine what it looks like uh, for them to do something good or stop something they deem bad as it highlights the utter incompetence of the state ultimately our shame for voting these people in that is what it it shows that we we as the people have been foolish in picking the people who are currently running our government this is from true north news liberal and ndp mp swiftly struck down a committee motion on tuesday by conservative mp arnold vierson to condemn over 80 instances of arson and vandalism targeting churches across canada the motion presented at indigenous and northern affairs committee on october 24th aimed to denounce the arson and vandalism on the 20 or sorry 83 churches across the country extended condolences to affected communities and calls for justice against the perpetrators Vierson introduced the motion that the committee condemn the arson of the attacks over 80 churches across Canada and in particular extend their condolences to the community of Grorard and Capiwino First Nation with the loss of St. Bernard Church 
one of the oldest churches in Alberta, a piece of history. The building that holds memories for generations of community members and that the committee reaffirm freedom of religion and assembly and call on those responsible for these attacks to be brought to justice. Instead of adopting the motion, however, Liberal MP Jamie Baptiste called for a vote to adjourn the debate, which successfully passed, receiving seven votes in favor as opposed to four against. So while our government's quick to virtue signal about every cause under the sun they will not, will not condemn violent acts of vandalism and terrorism against churches in Canada. They just won't do it. Because yep. apparently, according to our prime minister, it's it's understandable yep. that given, given this hoax that the media conjured up that we've all paid for and that we keep perpetuating as po- political efficient, given that ho- hoax, given that na- narrative arc uh, forming like we've talked about, Andrew, that, that it, it makes sense that people should burn down churches. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, all, it's all narrative crafting. I mean, you have... Hundreds of thousands of people in downtown Ottawa celebrating for three weeks. Crime rate drops by 80%. The streets are cleaner than they were before because people are picking up after themselves. It is safer and more joyful in downtown Ottawa than it's ever been. That's condemned as a siege. But I saw pictures this morning of a CBC video brutally vandalized by pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine riots. That's fine. That's fine. So uh, our last story in summary, not condemning acts of terror and violence against Christian churches. Totally fine. Natural gas and cooking and heating in new buildings in Montreal. That's unacceptable. This is again from globalist news. Montreal will ban gas powered systems in new construction starting next fall with some notable exceptions, which right away should make you realize it's all a hoax. Because if the world is heating up and we're all going to die in 10 years, then it needs to be all hands on deck. You can't have notable exceptions. It needs to be all in to save the planet. You need to combine the five rings and call upon Captain Planet to save Earth from melting into an oblivion. But clearly that's not the case, so they can have all these notable exceptions. Like politicians flying in private jets to other parts of the world to talk about climate change. It's hilarious. Quote, the new regulation adopted by the city's executive committee this morning will apply to new small buildings up to three stories and 600 square meters in area as of October 1st, 2024, and larger buildings starting six months later. Examples of soon-to-be prohibited systems include residential gas-powered stoves, indoor gas fireplaces, hot water heaters and furnaces that emit greenhouse gases, and barbecues and pool or spa heaters that draw from gas lines. The city says exceptions include emergency generators, commercial stoves and restaurants, gas-powered barbecues with removable tanks, and temporary heating devices used during construction work. Industrial buildings are also exempt, as are combustion heaters in larger buildings that draw only from renewable sources of gas. Montreal says the measure will help it reach its goal of becoming carbon neutral by 2050, 
noting buildings account for one-fourth of greenhouse gas emissions in the city. You know what else accounts for a lot of gas emission in Montreal? The hot air coming out of the mouths of elected <laughs> I, officials there. I knew, that, I knew you that were accounts going there. for another 25% yeah. of all the hot air in the atmosphere is the garbage coming out of their stupid mouths yeah. whenever they, they talk about what's best for Canadians. What but a you, joke. You, Montreal dude, gets cold, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it can get dude, pretty cold there. Dude, you make a great point, though. Like, how absurd is our country that we can't condemn the the violent attacks and burning of of churches across our nation but how much it, how much carbon was put into the atmosphere that you know what exactly. there, there's the point how much greenhouse gas how many how the carbon emissions <laughs> yeah. from burning 83 churches you think they would be all over condemning that but yeah, no exactly that's an that's an exception that's an it's that's understandable an we exception <laughs> yeah. yeah planet can melt because the churches have to get burned but not because some cold lower class family yeah. in montreal has to have their gas powered heater that's so, unacceptable so just so people are, are aware in canada totally acceptable actually it, it's it's necessary health care to tax uh, coercively tax every canadian citizen to fund the direct intentional killing of innocent pre-born babies in the womb uh, much like the ones that were just born to you and your lovely wife okay that's that's appropriate it's appropriate to apparently kill people with uh, mental illness it, it, whether they're old or they're young in canada that's appropriate what's not appropriate is gas heating and plastic straws and cups and single-use utensils that's the nation we live in is that Blast not me. the example of calling that which is evil good and <laughs> that which is good evil it's totally totally insane but we're not done there andrew because finally you can't have incompetence in canadian politics without a self-congratulatory speech from our prime hypocrite and we admit that listening to this is akin to Chinese water torture or being forced to watch stand-up comedy routines from woke liberal women. So again, before we get into the clip I'm about to play, all the normal disclaimers and caveats that we make concerning listening to Justin Trudeau's voice, be sure to take heed to that. So let's listen to uh, Justin Trudeau, our, our right honorable prime hypocrite today we are announcing a three-year pause on the federal pollution price on heating oil so that we can give everyone the time and ability to switch to heat pumps <laughs> I mean, it's now switching to so an electric heat pump from oil heating which is very vulnerable to volatile global market prices, can save people you. a lot of money. In fact, it can mean as much as thousands of dollars a year less spent on energy bills. So the second part of our announcement today is that, piloting in the Atlantic, we're working with provinces to install a free heat pump for people who are making at or below median household income. And to encourage people to sign up for the change, we're providing a $250 incentive payment. That's money in your pocket right now. Yeah, you didn't know about that one, guys. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
This is so embarrassing. And for everyone else, we've got an enhanced program that will deliver heat pumps up front to be paid off with the savings you'll be getting over the coming years. We are switching to heat pumps off home heating oil as a region in Atlantic Canada and as a country. And one more thing, today we are doubling from 10 to 20% the rural top-up that people get as part of their quarterly pollution price rebates. Oh my god. Okay, I, I just have to point out a few things here. This is unbelievable. That was so awkward, by the but way. But if, just... if, 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 if you have to pause the video to go clean up the pile of vomit on your floor <laughs> after having listened to that, we, we totally understand. If your kids are crying and their ears are bleeding, we get it. Um, so take whatever time you need, pull yourself together, compose yourself, and then come back. We totally understand. <laughs> okay. He's standing in front of a podium that says making life more affordable. What we have to understand is they've made life so unaffordable that they actually have to go back on their carbon taxing. But you notice how he's such a loser and so dishonest that he doesn't ever speak of carbon taxation as being rolled back. He can't speak what he's actually doing. He calls it pollution pricing it, as though we're carbon based life forms, dude. Are you an idiot? You know, carbon is essential for trees and life on earth. Like, Carbon is absolutely essential for life on Earth. So to call that and categorize that as pollution, you already know you're an insane person. But it also just shows he's so disingenuous. He's so dishonest. And I am floored, Andrew, in, in how they're spinning this, right? Because... In reality, what's happening is the carbon prices are doing exactly what we talked about on a previous episode. They're clocking Canadians across the head to have no effect, right? We, we touched on a previous episode. I'll try and find it and link it in the show description that literally if Canada disappeared because we're so low in emitting in, in, in Canada, if Canada disappeared today everybody stopped and we went totally carbon neutral it would have absolutely zero effect on and the cows so uh, everyone climate. and we also and we also killed all the cows yes absolutely yeah. uh, it would have zero effect on climate change and this is according to the insane climate change scientists like it would a uh, conventional numbers literally zero effect so it's not a tax on pollution it's a virtue signal tax now what we've seen is it's hurting justin trudeau in the polls so bad that people in his party are calling for him to step down that he has to now go back on this tax but they're spinning this as though this is all a part of their transition we're, we're she, giving you time giving you time we're giving you time to transition this is so dishonest and so transparently it's it's grotesque. That that is what it is. But notice something. There's a there's a huge apologetic point in here. That we're told that we need these carbon taxes because we're at existential threat of dying because of 
climate change, except when it's affecting my poll numbers. This has always been a virtue signal. It's always been crass political uh, maneuvering by the liberals and all these green ideologues. And now they're admitting it. Now they're just coming out and showing you it. And they're trying to spin it as though they're giving you time to transition to heat pumps, which I need. Okay, we need to talk a little bit about heat pumps because... Heat pumps are extraordinarily expensive. So, uh, for instance, on on our house in in Winnipeg, that's now a rental property that we have, we just installed a brand new high-efficiency furnace. Beautiful. It's working great. It's on gas, okay? That's apparently out out of bounds now in Canada. So, we've just spent a bunch of money doing this furnace system. Works great. It's awesome. What Justin's trying to say is, well we now have to transition off that. So not only did we just spend a bunch of money on something that apparently we need to transition off of, we're apparently going to have to spend anywhere from five to $20,000 to transition to a new heat pump. And, it must be understood that heat pumps are notoriously unreliable in prolonged situations of extreme cold. If you go on any website, it's going to say in in markets like the, the American South or in areas like of the global South, it's a perfect technology because they have you know ambient excess heat that you can use for these heat pumps. But when you in Canada say I'm in winter peg right for us to have a heat pump that would work we have to use a geothermal system where we have to bury lines deep into the earth to avoid the cold winter season so that's when you get to 20 plus thousand dollars for one of these heat pumps that are less efficient or like that are less capable of heating a house than your ordinary gas uh, furnace and you you will because heat pumps can fail in extreme cold you will need to maintain a backup system of gas generated heating in order to 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 make sure your house is heated lest you know during extreme periods of cold you have no no heating this is totally absurd canada is probably the worst nation in the entire world to to move towards forcing people to get heat pumps but notice he's doing it in the 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 maritimes first and that's strategically strategic because in canada I think about one third of heating in the Maritimes is already on heat pumps. Okay. Because guess what? It turns out things are pretty mild on the coasts of Canada as far as not experiencing extreme heat. So you'll see in Canada, um, the coasts both left and right have the highest uptick in, in heat pumps. But the second you get to Quebec and then further, further west, it's almost non-existent to the form of heating because things are so cold for so long in Canada that it is the stupidest form of heating that you could possibly do. And it probably will not actually be of net benefit to you in your overall heating bills because it's not all that high efficient when you're in periods of extreme prolonged cold. So this is total insanity. And the fact that he's trying to spin his categorical 
you know, foolishness when it comes to, uh, it, you know, the carbon pricing that's led to more price instability, higher costs on everything like everybody warned and said would be the case. They're trying to spin this in the most asinine way. It's just, it does make you sick. It really does make you sick. To, there's also to, something, there's another thing that's woven into that whole video that people need to realize. He's saying, listen, we're, so the goal is obviously to have this pollution pricing, but we're going to pause it for now. Oh, that's great. And so what we're going to do in the meantime, we're going to, we're going to give everyone $250. Wow. <laughs> and we're going to double, we're going to double the, uh, the kickback for, wow. Okay. Friends, where do you, where do you think that money comes from? Like comes we're from like you. <laughs> so here they're saying, so, sorry, sorry, we're taxing, we're, we're taxing your, your carbon. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to give you money, but where do you think that money comes from? So they in order to give everyone well. 200, in order to give everyone $250, they're going to have to take more from us to do it. Yeah. Like it's so what they're what they're what what they're basically saying is we're going to beat you to death with a stick. Hold on. But hold on. We're going to put you in this very, very comfortable chair while we do it. <laughs> exactly. It is the most comfortable chair and the Man. music is nice. It's the most comfortable chair and we'll beat you to death with the stick. And by the way, the chair we paid for by taking money from your bank account. But it's yeah. a comfortable chair, and now we're going to beat you on the head with 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 the stick as we do it. Yeah, right. And it, we so, live in an absurdo clan yeah. world, trash well, so, world that's unbelievable. So, in other in other words, again, what they're saying is we will hold off on totally stealing from you, mm -hmm. totally stealing from you. We'll only steal a little bit less, and we'll give you back a fraction of what we steal mm -hmm. from you. Yeah, and it'll make it seem like we're benevolent for doing <laughs> just in so. time for a new election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what that's that's what we'll do and just for a span a span of time where we can get into power if we had a new election and then we'll just go back to yeah. crippling you even yeah. more and not to mention guess what what's being proposed is total move off from normal gas heating and fire furnaces so again Underneath the carrot comes the gigantic jackboot kicking you in the face mm -hmm. till you're in submission. It's unbelievable, Andrew. Uh, yep. It frustrates me beyond yep. all belief. Yep. They, they take $100 from you and then give you back $25. Yeah, wait a minute. You took $100. No, no. I gave you $25. What are my $100? Oh, I don't know. That, that's, what the, that's what they hope Canadians will. That's how they hope Canadians will respond to what's going on. Anyways, let's move on. Separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head over to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your account's creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point throughout the process to request assistance. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. So, Andrew, we're going to wrap up our episode today with a spot of good news and a mailbag submission. So just some wrapping up of the program. So if you recall a few weeks ago, 
we covered a story regarding chaplains in the Canadian military having been given directions not to say any public prayers in their official military capacities on Remembrance Day. Well, it turns out the right pressure applied the right way can even make tyrants change course because after all, they're petty. This is from the post-millennial. The Trudeau liberals have backtracked on a policy that would have barred military chaplains from leading prayer during Remembrance Day ceremonies as well as other official public functions. Minister of National Defense Bill Blair confirmed that prayer was still allowed after conservative member of parliament Blake Richards grilled the government over the plan. Let's be clear, Blair said. Canadian forces chaplains are not and will not be banned from prayer on Remembrance Day, nor at any other time. The chaplain general's directive seeks to ensure that public addresses reflect the spiritual and religious diversity of Canadians. <sighs> so, spot of good news, Andrew. People spot push of back. Good news, I guess. Yeah. People, but but you have to understand the play, right? You know, they're not axing the carbon tax, right? In our last story, they're not getting rid of it. They're putting a, a stay on it while it's politically expedient. They're not axing these directives. They're just, oh, shoot, we got a lot of political backlash because of the absurdity of our bill. So what are we going to do? We're going to retreat to our mot. We're going to go back there, hang out till everybody goes back to watching their Netflix shows. And then we're going to storm forth through our bailey. Our government yep. does it all the time. I love this line here. Canadian forces chaplains are not and will be not banned from prayer on, prayer on Remembrance Day, except for when they were <laughs> yes. last week. Yes, exactly. Remember that? <laughs> Remember last week when they were banned from prayer? Oh, they'll never be banned from prayer, except for when they were and when they will be again. But except yes. for that. It'll yeah. never happen, except for when yeah. it did happen and it will happen. It's, of course. We are truly run by some of the stupidest people in human history. Like, our country's run by just dullards, beyond belief. Uh, and why should we be surprised? Because they're led by the chief dullard of all dullards, Justin Trudeau. Anyways, finally, we have a mailbag submission, and uh, it comes from Geffen, and he writes this. Dear Andrew, thank you very much for your principal discussion of the satanic attack on Israel. You morally, uh, your morally unambiguous words came at a time when many Jewish people feel forsaken by a world that uses flawed theoretical constructs and distortions to keep Jew hate alive. I especially appreciate it that you speak about the attack as an attack on Christians as well, instead of othering the Jews and that you called out the Muslims Muslim community for not doing enough to denounce the attacks. Even though I am f from a secular Jewish background, I do tend to believe that Christianity is likely the religion that is most likely to lead to world peace. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And amen. Um, that is the case. And I mean, there's been a lot of, I think, um, moral unclarity. I don't know a better way to say it right now on, morally, on the issue. Mor morally, uh, opaqueness, opacity. Yes, yeah, yeah. Opacity, moral yeah. opacity on this issue. Um, 
but we I help, think we help you expand everyone's vocabulary. By the yeah. way, if you've never used the word, if opacity. you've never used the word opacity before, yeah, that's you another should. way of yeah, saying un, that's another way of saying unclear. There yes, you go, or cloudy. Absolutely. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. Yeah. Um, Smoke. No, it, it's. I think the the things that are that makes this situation really tough is, um, I think a lot of people have talked about it, but. Uh, a lot of Christians, based on a lot of eschatological, like eschatological and covenantal views, or I, I shouldn't say covenantal views, like dispensational views of of how God works uh, through the people of of Israel uh, by the flesh, um, so the Jewish people, um, have really clouded a lot of it uh, because people kind of give the secular Jewish state a lot of moral clout they kind of wave their hands over whatever they do where we want to kind of thread the needle we want to say okay there is no eschatological fulfillment of uh, this new secular jewish state uh in many ways they uh are as much ungodly as our country here in canada if not more so i mean look at what they did during COVID. we don't want to give anybody a pass but at the same time based off of christian just war theory which has come to us through things like it's reflected in the geneva convention which uh, still people are using as the uh, predicate as the standard for proper war um you know, based off the five principles of just war theory, Israel would be just in launching a war on every single one of those principles. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we do want to approach war in a way that innocent civilians are not being killed. Mm -hmm. And I would even critique, though strategically you can understand, Andrew, why they're going to do air raid bombs and stuff like that. I just think there's a level of destruction and imprecision that is done by that that is unbecoming with in upholding the Geneva Convention. So, well, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what, what are you going to have the Israel military go in there and lose a lot of military members because they're going to do a ground invasion and incur more casualties? And I think based off of just war theory, you would have to say, yes, it's better that that would happen, that people who are directly fighting for militaries in combat would die in the line of duty, which is a good thing. It's an honorable thing um, than have civilians die. I think that's uh -huh. all, all being said, well, understanding Hamas is an evil terrorist group that does use civilians as a shield. So that's where it's it's so cloudy. It can be so hard to understand. But again, more than one thing can be true at once, right? Yep. And we have to understand that. Um, Andrew, yeah. I'm sure you have a lot to say on on, on the comment here. Well, we the, the truth is that we have, I have no problem calling out Hamas for the vile, evil act that it did. And anyone who supports it is a vile, despicable person. Yes, who, 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 and and that that that's done. Simple. Anyone, mm. even if you even if you say you march for children not to be indoctrinated by gender ideology, but you're okay with what Hamas did, then you're a you're you're a vile hypocrite and an evil mm. person. Yeah. Period. That's it. I have no problem saying that. I also have no problem saying that Zionism is a problem. Let's just yes. let's let's get this out here. And I don't I don't buy the. Talking, 
I don't buy the if you're against Zionism as an ideology, you're somehow anti-Semitic. Yeah, no, that's that's nonsense. And I've never, I've never seen anybody actually connect the dots there. Like no, and I appreciate Ben Shapiro, a lot of guys like that who would say that. I even heard Steve Day say it. He didn't give any justification for it, but they're saying. If you're anti-Zionism, you're anti-Semitic. Um, yeah. I am myself a, a Jew by the flesh, uh, right? Mm. I I have a Jewish background on my you're mom's Your real your real name is Matt Halekstein. <laughs> Halekstein, no, it it was Dietz on on the Jewish side there, Jewish right. Italians. Anyways, um, the, I can't I can't uh, support that. But anyways, go on. You were saying Zionism. yeah. So I'll just I'll. I'll I'll define that that I'm also so I'm I'm obviously against the, these terrorist activities and the support of them. Mm-hmm. And our, our our episodes a couple of weeks ago, you, you know where I stand on what I believe true Islam is. Oh, and yes. David David Wood had a great interview with Mike Thiessen and we played the Reshi clip and Robert Spencer as well. Yeah. That 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 real Islam is what we're seeing in yes. parts of the Middle East. That's not radical. That's real. So I'm, I have no problem saying that. None. Yeah. I also have no problem saying that this belief that Israel can do no wrong and that they are always to be celebrated and backed up, that's also an evil belief. This idea that they are a special, chosen, protected people that can do anything they want is also an evil idea. Mm-hmm. And let's be let's be frank. The state in Israel is a godless anti godless mm-hmm. antichrist state, for a number of reasons. Number one, they flat out reject Christ. Yes. So right away, they're, <laughs> they're operating from a position <laughs> position of evil. Mm-hmm. But they also Israel is all over the LGBT madness. They are fully behind it, and they were one of the wor- they were one of the first countries to impose jab mandates. They were one of the first ones to have the fourth shot. I mean, they and the the the, the restrictions there, like they are as they're evil pretty, a nation. They're pretty nasty to Christians yeah. too. I, I so, saw a video not too long ago of like Jewish children hitting and like beating and spitting on two women who were like proclaiming the gospel <laughs> as Christians in Israel, and that happens frequently. So we're in no delay that Israel somehow is beyond um, a standard of morality applying to it because they're somehow uh, the chosen people of God. You know, no, we are in line with Reformed covenantal theology, mm-hmm. which understands the true Israel not being descendants of Abraham by the flesh, but of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Some people call that illogically replacement theology that's nonsense it's fulfillment theology that that typological seed of the faithful that remnant is ultimately finally and fully fulfilled in christ and the church that is his body yeah so we will we're we're gonna call it like it is Mm -hmm. and we are gonna be morally unambiguous yes but i i I think the part of that that submission which i appreciate for geffen i thank you for for your your encouragement. I think the last sentence is where I want to land the plane for the episode today, and this is what ties it all together. Amen. Because be, there, Canada is is a raging dumpster fire everywhere, Every, mm-hmm. legislatively, economically, in the education realm, in the media, in entertainment. It's an absolute gong show. The broader evangelical church, it is, it is, it's, it's just gross. Canada is just a godless, 
under the judgment of God kind of nation. So then the question, the question one would ask is, then Andrew, what are you doing here bringing more babies into this country? <laughs> it's precisely what we're doing. Yeah. What, what, why are you still engaging? Why, what, what are you thinking? And this is what I'm thinking. And I, I, did, I did really think this the other day. You know, I didn't just put this in the lead in for fun. I thought this the other day as I was holding one of, one of our, our twins and looking at this child whose life is just starting, thinking I'm in the throes of what I believe to be the most intense cultural political battle I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I feel I'm, I've, the Lord indeed has trained me and made me for this, for this moment right now. And I'm looking at this child and I'm thinking not only about the fight that, that they will have someday, but how my job is to take this child and fashion and sharpen them into a straight arrow and deliver it deep into enemy territory, into the heart of darkness, to advance the kingdom of God and to quite literally storm the gates of hell. That's my job, and I am ready for it. And why am I ready for it in the midst of the insanity that is Canada right now? Why would I? Why would we have these kids and train them? It's because of what an agnostic, secular Jewish person realizes that many fluffy evangelicals fail to realize, the TGC fails to realize, mm-hmm. that unreasonable critics of Christian nationalism fail to realize, what squishy evangelifish fail to realize, and it's this. Christianity is the religion that will lead to peace. Mm-hmm. That's true. He, yeah. he knows more about the nature and the power of the gospel and the effect of the Christian church in the world than the vast majority of professing Christians do who think that their job is to just pray and say, let go and let God and into my fallout shelter and out I come in 70 years mm-hmm. when the dust settles. He understands as a secular Jew that the only hope for Canada is the gospel being advanced by the church as we engage in culture, in politics, in economics, in business, in media, in mm-hmm. education. That's the only hope for Canada. The primary goal is for us to bring the gospel in the hopes that lost people will be born again in Christ and that we can see a cultural change in our country so that the political change can follow suit. It's not going to be Let's get the right people elected and everything's going to be wonderful. That's not going to happen. It is about engaging the culture for Christ. But we still press in all these areas. We still engage in politics. We still engage in culture. We still engage in media. We do all these things because we're being faithful, because we believe that the Lord will bless it and it will bear fruit. But if there is any hope for transformation in Canada, a hope that we should not give up, a hope that we should not let go of, even if that hope is a rebuilding transformation after the dust settles with the full collapse of Western culture in Canada. Mm-hmm. Even that hope that we have, the only hope of that will come through the church of Jesus Christ, his people building and fighting. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have lots of kids. That's why we train these kids up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's why we fire these arrows into the heart of darkness into enemy territory and that's why we fight for the kingdom of god in it and its advancement here in canada because there is hope the hope is christ and his church heralding the gospel can be the ones that bring about 
the change that we know God can bring about in a culture and in a nation, which also ties in Reformation Day very nicely. Mm-hmm. Because the reformers, if anyone, if anyone was destined to fail against the behemoth of the corrupt Roman Catholic Church in the pro, the, in in the the, the the epitome of its decadence yeah. and power, the poor it would be the it would it would be the reformers. It would be a German monk and a French scholar and a Scottish preacher, and yet because they believe that the gospel shines light into the dark hearts of individuals and also has the potential to change cultures and countries, which it did by the grace of God, we stand on that tradition, and we believe that Canada also, through the work of the church, through the gospel, and through the faithful dominion ministry that we do— we hope for wonderful things in this country. Yeah. The Prince of Peace will be, bring peace peace on earth. But in our Antichrist era, the reality is a lot like Psalm 2, right? You ask the question, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of their, the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. We don't want that dominion. We don't want that rule. Well, guess what? He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possessions. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, kings, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. So, Geffen, I do appreciate the 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 message you sent in. I do very much appreciate that you can, even as a secular Jew, understand it's only through the Prince of Pre, the Prince of Peace, that peace will ultimately come. We would tell you yourself to kiss the sun, lest you perish in the way. And that's a that's a call that goes to every individual, every family, every nation across this world. And the beauty of it is that Christ can set free all those who turn to him in repentance and faith. And it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand therefore and do not submit again to yoke of slavery. Till next time. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.